Free Talk Live. Call in, talk freely, live here on the airwave. Wave, more than one wave, it's airwaves. It's Mark with you. And Jay. 855-450-3733. Jay, we got lots of topics tonight. Um, One of them that I think is pretty important is that it turns out that it's okay to discriminate against Asian people. Uh, as opposed to discriminating against other people? Uh, yeah. Um, oh, okay. So, I didn't know that. Yeah. Um, Asians have graduated to not really being a minority now. Isn't it nice? Congratulations, Asians. Welcome. I mean, of all people, I you know, I could think um, it's like, what could you like, you know, pick on someone Asian about being Asian? Because I just don't see like, you know, they're the smartest you know, they're um, certainly study harder. They're they're really hard workers. Uh, I don't think I've ever known an Asian guy or girl on welfare. I mean, most of the people I've met on welfare are white. Most of the dumb people I meet are white. Uh, most people I know are white. You are a hay, you are a hay <laughs> farmer or hay deliverer. So, uh, well, so they're not a minority. I know who the biggest minority is. In this nation. Yeah, the individual? That's right. Yeah, I would agree with you. So does it mean we can't pick on the individual? Well, um, let me just read the article for you, and you can decide. On Tuesday, yesterday, Federal District Court Judge Allison Burroughs ruled that Harvard's race-conscious admissions process is fair, and it doesn't discriminate against Asian American applicants. On the surface, the ruling is a huge win for affirmative action as it upholds the university's practices, practice of considering a person's race in the application process to create a more diverse student body. But the plaintiffs, an anonymous group of Asian Americans who were rejected from Harvard, have argued that Harvard caps the number of spots available to Asian students like them. I have one problem with this. Yep. Anonymous complainant. The, that, that's like my that's like the neighbor calling calling you calling the cops for a noise complaint. I mean, are they just is it anonymous for the purpose of the article or was the actual like suit, you know, was there did a lawyer walk in and says, I'm representing these anonymous people? As I understand, that's pretty much what happened. I think that should just be dismissed right away. What about um, a somebody who like what? It's not like it's going to be good for your college university career if you file suit against one of the biggest universities in America. So let's say you oh, ended as, up. So, as, so if, if as you know, uh, Jimmy, if Jimmy Chong uh, felt violated because he's Asian, it sounds like here, and he himself files um, and he's a young man wanting to get into college, I could see where, yeah, he probably um, w- will be less likely he's accepted because now he's going to be seen as a problem. You, you, you right. Don't, yeah. So um, going on, it says here, the organization represented them as uh, led by a white man. So, yeah, it's complicated. The plaintiffs, this is Vox, by the way, that I'm uh, from which I'm reading here. So if I if that doesn't make it clear to you, Vox is wildly leftist. I couldn't find a good article that I felt addressed all the parts that I wanted to address and seemed middle of the road. So I went with the Vox article because I think it's well done. So Vox is. Is trying to be uh, opposite of Fox. I don't know. Maybe not quite Mox News. Yeah, this is written by uh, Alexia Fernandez Campbell and P.R. Lockhart. They had to team up to write this article. Look, that's cool. It's a 
as long as the article's good. Yep. The plaintiffs are planning to appeal the case, and if it ends up in front of the U.S. Supreme Court, conservative justices like Neil Gorsuch and Brett Kavanaugh might end up outlawing affirmative action altogether. I mean, it's likely to end up in front of the Supreme Court because the justices that would rule in favor of it are likely to want to hear it. So um, this isn't the sort of thing. I, I think this will end up at the Supreme Court is my prediction. I mean, this affirmative action stuff is really nonsense. For example, my best friend in high school, his parents owned a, a con- very large construction company. Uh-huh. And it was his mom was a proprietor. She didn't know nothing about construction. It was the dad's business. You know, he, he had worked it and been working it since he was a kid and built this, you know, and he did all kinds of, you know, he was a heck of a businessman. Yep. Uh, and I was like, so... Uh, you know, mom, friend's mom, how come, you know, why do you own a business? And, and and the old man starts laughing. You know, I'm like, I don't know, 17, 18 years old, maybe 15. Sure. He's like, well, because a lady owns it, we get these Gov- federally government funded contracts. jobs that other people don't get. And because, uh, what was the other thing too? So like, uh, he had, um, oh, I don't know seven or eight of like the guys that were like worked on his crew like their their wives were like on the payroll basically mm-hmm. for i don't know what and and basically they just gave them like a couple thousand dollar bonus a year i mean they never showed up to work did it it, it was all about a, a x amount of the workforce yep. being within this minority you know configuration so sure. they could get like they did some work for the federal reserve bank of boston for example and it had to comply with like a lot of this stuff right and somebody who's never done a day worth of construction work work in their life said well i mean we should give preference to construction companies that are comprised of a uh, demographic set as such and such or so and so and that doesn't take any consideration into account as to you know who's the best for the job who is uh in the market force uh, labor force that's uh, looking to be hired or anything like that it what it looks at is is that we want outcomes. We want equal opportunity outcomes. And what happens? Just what you're talking about. Somebody sets up a business that is minority owned, in this case by a woman who's by the way, women aren't minorities in America or frankly very many places around the world. Yeah, they're about what Roughly half the population? Slightly more than ha- uh, half oh, the population. So, they live longer. So the man would be the minority if we're going to be uh, talking about, you know, uh, this particular who's who's more minority between the two, right? Oh, now you're looking at actual definitions of words. So, uh, <laughs> no, we can't do that. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, and the, or the, if, you, you know, we need a labor force comprised of this, that, and the other, then, well, you know, then somebody's just going to comprise their labor force of this, that, and the other in order to get the contract so they can go about doing the work. And that's now Harvard is a private organization. It's basically an uh, you know an investment fund with a colleging wing now, a university wing now, because they have so much money that they don't really need to do the whole schooling part, and they'd continue on with their thing. Elizabeth Warren went to Harvard. There's a guy uh, running for Senate in Massachusetts. His name is uh, it's slipping me, but he had a big sign that said "Vote for a real Indian." He's a uh, in Indian fellow from India. Well, her mm-hmm. parents are from India. I think he's you know born here. He's a native. Yep. Uh, he's Native American. <laughs> he's an right. Indian. He's a real uh, Indian. Anyways, uh, I'll think of his name in a second. But he uh, uh, Shiva Shiva for uh, Senate. I forget okay. Shiva's last name or Shiva could be his last name. But uh, he he did a talk uh, with Ernie Hancock uh, back in the fall uh, last year, 
And he talks about how everybody that comes out of Harvard is essentially these crooked, corrupt politicians, you know, that make it up through. And just like all the politicians that come out of Yale and they're all part of these, you know, I don't know, secret society, whatever kind of, you know. In 2000, was it 2006, 2004, 2004, um, we had two Skull and Bones members running against each other. Now, um, not only are they... Were they Harvard boys? But they were. They belonged to the very same club with this ominous sounding name. I'm not sure what the club does. Don't particularly care what the club club does. But nonetheless, that is that's 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 fertile soil for anybody who wants to create some kind of conspiracy theory, and for very good reason. So, it what it does is it brings me to a point that I like to make is is that you know there's kind of the rest the the rest of us. There's two groups. The rest of us. And those who would purport to rule us. Oh, like Ernie Hancock says, there's those who uh, want who, who will leave you alone, and there's those who just won't leave you alone. Now, oh no, those who want to be left alone, and there's those who will not leave you alone. Right, and but now those who propose to rule us are a very small segment, but many of them, most of them, many of them have gone to these Ivy League Yale schools, and Harvard, and. And now yep. when I looked at uh, looked up recently, presidents have, have gone to Ivy League schools. And I'm using the term loosely here because Clinton went to Oxford. And um, so 80% of presidents in my lifetime have gone to an Ivy League school or a military academy. So it gives you some idea who goes where. The number, 855-450-3733. It's 855-453. Love to hear your thoughts. Free Talk Live. The number, 855-450-3733. That's 855-450-FREE, as in freedom. It's Mark with you. And Jay. And what we're talking about right now is is there's a ruling that's come down from a judge who, um, you know, doesn't seem to think that it's a problem that Harvard is, I mean, what does discrimination mean? It means, um, you know deciding something like if you're if you have discriminating tastes right you obviously get rid of the things you don't like and bring in the things that you do like right uh my son has discriminating tastes he eats like chicken fingers and grilled cheese sandwiches um but i think that's quite the opposite actually but (laughs) he um in this case, they're saying... He has discriminating taste. He doesn't eat spinach unless his mother blends it for him. <laughs> no, he actually eats his vegetables very, oh, okay. very well. Um, fortunately, my wife was... You know, uh, she she did this, this right, no doubt. She uh, made it so that he is... Um, you know, accepting of vegetables, he will eat his stuff. I mean, like you can say it's his favorite things. I offered him a kale, spinach, you know... Uh, other greens uh, smoothie and well, he no, he's not gonna eat that. He was just like very politely, no, thank you. <laughs> I'll have water. <laughs> I'm glad. He, I'm glad he said no, thank you. <laughs> but um, you know, you can never. In his case, he'll eat um, broccoli if prepared in a certain fashion. Right, it has to be sure. steamed. Can't be. Uh, boiled, can't be raw, you know, those kind of things. Anyway, as far as uh, discrimination goes, Harvard is discriminating based on race. And in this case, it's 
the judge considers it positive discrimination in so much as they have certain thresholds for certain races that they've you know they've picked out the race they've decided what the races are that they want harvard well no not just the ones that they want but they've decided what the races are right like so you know in in this mixed up crazy world there are few of us who are any one thing oh yeah okay right yep and i'm not america's a melting pot i mean yeah we're both basically mutts and now harvard has decided that you know you you can you can check a little box to say you're this thing or that thing and i don't know what they do if somebody checks a box that they don't look like i check native american because you're born here that's right <laughs> right um now i'm sure that there's some uh, american indians that would find that to be unacceptable but who's gonna stop them i have an american indian friend who agrees with me 100 percent. he's like if you're born here you're native american right if and you're born in canada you're native american <laughs> <laughs> right on the continent, and this is that's also something I'm kind of interested in is is basically anybody who's from Central America, you know, Mexico, or South America, Mexico, Guatemala, whatever, is also a Native American, but they have a Latino uh, designation for them, and well, you know, I don't know. So those anyway, lucky guys who don't get sunburnt like me, <laughs> they so Harvard, you know, has determined which categories they want to have more of and gone about trying to get more of them. One of the categories that they don't need any more of, and I suspect the other category, another, you know, several categories are like Indian, Chinese, Caucasian. They probably feel like they got plenty of those. There's a uh, university that I was uh, in Illinois. um, I think it's uh, UIA. um, And it was, Somebody who was there, uh, you know, jokingly told me, yeah, we the locals call it the University of Indians and Asians. Um, You know, I I don't know what the uh, actual designation is, but 10 years ago, UMass was like that. I I say 10 years ago because a a relative of mine was going to school there 10, 10 years ago. And I went and uh, helped him out with uh, several projects and a few different things. And I would have to say every at least every third you know, girl or guy I saw walking around was either Indian or Asian, and which didn't buy, you know, which I'm fine with, whatever. Well, yeah, I mean, you know, obviously it's not representative of the population of America, but so that's why there's such great Indian food in Amherst, Massachusetts, because there's so and great great Asian food because these people know the difference that are going there because they're from those places. Um, I, just, I I love the diversity of places like that. The um, uh, you know, I mean, my Harvard trained dentist that i go to asian and i am you know happy to get the the good treatment that i get he's watching this case he and i have talked about this case in his office you know he's delighted that i recently visited seoul uh he's korean um and you know like doesn't seem to what he he i mean obviously nobody wants to not be able to make the cut because of their race like that is an unpleasant thing to have happen and so is this what Harvard's doing? Is this basically they're yes. just you're not accepted because you're Asian kind of thing? Well, it's so like there's there's a certain percentage of Asians and per certain percentage of Indians and a certain percentage of whites and blacks and Latinos and whomever. I don't even know all the, the, the categories. They do. I suspect they aren't telling the rest of us um, because, well, there's a court case on. But they're deciding who gets in and who doesn't based on race. And to me, that's not what equality is. I w- I tell you what, if there was a bakery 
that only baked cakes, cakes deciding on race or maybe a sexual preference. Um, and I found out about them. I, I just wouldn't do business with that bakery. Likely that bakery would be shut down too. Well, and it would be, but since you have the likes of all the political elite have, you know, alumni, uh, you know, our Harvard as most of the political elite, they're probably not going to get shut down for something like this. So agreed, it's it's very difficult. And one of the points I was making is is basically a Harvard degree is a, a license to rule the world, and obviously the majority of people who get a Harvard degree aren't. Um, likely to be a danger to yourself or anyone else they're not all psychopaths everyone who gets a harvard degree but there definitely is a percentage of psychopaths in in every group as far as i'm concerned you know as well as i do if somebody uh, you know oftentimes and i'm trying not to be the way i am but um you know i'll just be me here right so harvard's kind of like being a vegan having a harvard degree is kind of like being a vegan you gotta mention it you know, you just yeah. it's like I'm gonna have to mention that. Every vegan I know does mention it. <laughs> and um, Tom Woods, for instance, it's difficult to know uh, Tom Woods without knowing that he's a Harvard grad. Now, as a libertarian, I find it very interesting, and I like Tom Woods, and I like that we've got one. You know, we got a Harvard grad that uh, we can uh, trot out if they, you know, if they trot out their Harvard grad, we got ours. I like that. <laughs> However, you're gonna find out relatively quickly that Tom Woods is a Harvard grad. And, uh, you know, I mean, I don't think that I think Tom Woods is a brilliant man, and I think you have to be pretty smart to get into Harvard, usually. But um, when they start lowering the standards for certain racial racial categories, then it it really just diminishes the whole thing for everybody. What's the benefit to Harvard? Uh, Does that article get into this at all? Uh, The benefit to going to Harvard? No. What is the benefit of Harvard picking and choosing its race demographics to uh, fill its you know, it's roster that because it's uh, because colleges generally and Harvard specifically is populated by a bunch of ultra liberals out there that believe that outcome based uh, outcomes are what determine discrimination, not uh, opportunity. And mm, okay. that's that know, makes perfect sense. Yeah, that's just what it is. And what does Harvard care who th- th- there's going to always going to be plenty of students and they don't need the money. They've got an in- they're basically a giant endowment. 855-450-3733. Am I looking at this wrong? What do you know? 855-450-3733. You're not a wild animal, and you shouldn't be tagged and tracked like one. Where you go and what you do every minute of the day, tracked and recorded by your mobile phone, is often more revealing than your browser history. And tech companies make a fortune selling your location history without your consent. Godard bags prevent location tracking and protect your privacy by instantly blocking all cell phone, GPS, and Wi-Fi signals to your mobile device. Plus, they're durable, water-resistant, and built for a lifetime of protection. Visit godarkbags.com forward slash FTL. That's godarkbags.com forward slash FTL. Free Talk Live. The number, 855-450-3733. If you're interested in this story about um, Asian Americans bringing a discrimination suit against the University of Harvard, Harvard University, then, um, well, this is the show for you because we're talking about it. Uh, I want to tell you about AnyPay. If you go to helpmetakebitcoin.com, com you can get your retail business um, you know to set up and ready to take 
cryptocurrency. Yeah, they've got point of sale. It's cryptocurrency acceptance. Well, they've got it. It's uh, never been easier thanks to HelpMeTakeBitcoin.com. There's no paperwork or approval process to open an account. And if you have a business, you know how delightful that is. If you already have a tablet at your cash register, you're almost done. Just visit HelpMeTakeBitcoin.com and follow the simple steps. Within moments, you'll be accepting cryptocurrency like Bitcoin, Dash, Bitcoin Cash, right at your store. Get started now at HelpMeTakeBitcoin.com. It's HelpMeTakeBitcoin.com. And they make it they make it very easy. I use it uh, AnyPay at several businesses around town. And they make it uh, simple for you. So going on with this article from Vox.com, meaning it's left-leaning, and it certainly is, the university disagreed, saying that there's no cap on Asian students and then that its holistic admissions process is necessary to ensure a diverse student body and does not discriminate against Asian American students. Judge Burroughs sided with the university, at least for now. Um, ensuring diversity at Harvard relies in part on race-conscious race admissions. So... While they say that there's no discrimination, they say there's discrimination. At least for now, ensuring diversity, excuse me, um, the trial raised complicated questions about the meaning of academic merit and what should um, what it should mean when we think about race in college admissions. For Asian Americans, the cause has uh, also revealed significant divisions in support for affirmative action, making it clear that demographic can hardly be treated as a monolith. So... You know, certainly there's some Asians out there that uh, believe that this kind of discrimination is a good thing. Likely the ones who've already made it through the university, they're going to make it through. Kind of like immigrants that make it into, you know, say the United States and then want to shut the border down. Oh, yeah. I actually I uh, worked with some Mexican uh, nationals in Colorado that were like, oh, yeah, that there's a lot of bad, bad people in Mexico that want to come here. And one guy would tell me and, you know, he... You know, his parents came when he was a little boy. So he got, they went through the channels, got, you know, did their pledge to the United States and all that stuff. And and he was hardcore Trump. And he just, he wanted to see a border wall. He even talked about a moat with, you know, alligators and stuff in it. Or, you know, <laughs> re-admit, basically turn a real grand out. He was like the most anti, like, Mexican guy I ever met. <laughs> and it was like... It was kind of funny listening to this guy talk like this. I mean, he had a heavy Mexican accent. Oh, I've known immigrants that do the same thing. Absolutely. The court's ruling today confirmed that the Supreme Court has what what the Supreme Court has uh, repeatedly upheld, according to this uh, Vanita Gupta. Affirmative action policies expand equal educational opportunities for all people of color, including Asian Americans and are legal uh, he's the uh, president of the Leadership Conference on Civil and Human Rights. So I don't know how it benefits me, if I were an Asian American, how it would benefit me to not make it into Harvard while somebody else did based on their race, and that I would that would benefit me, because it doesn't. Um, let's see. Plaintiffs in Harvard are limited to the number of Asian Americans on campus. Plaintiffs said Harvard limited. In November 2014, Students for Fair Admissions filed its lawsuit alleging that Harvard is employing racially and ethnically discriminatory policies and procedures in administering the undergraduate admissions program that are based, uh, that are biased against Asian American applicants. The uh, plaintiffs said internal data shows Asian American applicants are rated lower on personal metrics despite outperforming white applicants in other areas. 
So the SFFA argued that Harvard effectively uses a quota to cap the percentage of Asian American admissions and that the school engages in racial racial balancing to maintain a certain racial breakdown on campus. So the Students for Fair Admissions demonstrates evidence that this is hap- their, their stuff is happening, and the other side goes, Nuh-uh! And the judge rules for the other side. Wonder why? To fix this, SFFA argued that Harvard and ultimately all colleges should no longer consider race in its admissions process and that the Supreme Court rulings in support of affirmative action have been built on mistakes of fact and law. I mean, there shouldn't even be a spot on the application to check off race as far as I'm concerned. If- that would be, I think, best for everyone personally. I think we should just stop talking about this social construct called race because it gets more and more complicated as time goes by. I've seen videos where, um, as a matter of fact, it was the video called Is It Okay to Kill White People? Um, it was a you know, it was a museum piece, and there were people on there that were talking about you know it's it's probably not a good idea to kill white people uh, as though they were not white. But these people looked white to me. I mean, I I'm sorry if I if my little radar's off a little bit or whatever, but you know, I mean, I don't I don't think we should be using race as a way to determine who can get good things and who can't get good things. Um, I like, I mean, for a college personally, I think it should be merit based and now it's not my business. What Harvard does with its business, it's, it's business. And I think that a Harvard and Ivy league education, uh, frankly is getting less and less valuable over time. And I celebrate that. Yeah. Oh yeah. Me too. I think it's great that, uh, tradesmen and craftsmen are, are uh, of my generation are far more valuable than people who literally have PhDs. Right. If these Ivy League universities uh, descend into a morass of liberal um, nonsense, then that's great because in two generations, their degree will be basically meaningless to anybody who's not some kind of ultra liberal. It pretty much almost the, the degrees right now pretty much are almost meaningless unless you want to work in a parasite sector. For example, you want to be a school teacher in a public school in order to have, you know, they only want to hire you if you have a master's or, a, you know, whatever. Right. Uh, just like even uh, even Tulsi Gabbard talks about how in in the military uh, you can up your pay grade if you go get a, uh, a master's in, you know, underwater basket weaving. That's not what she uses. I forget what she said, but it was some like nonsensical, useless Right. You know, thing. The government is probably the single worst at this. There are plenty of examples in the uh, the free marketplace out there um, that, for instance, you're not going to get a job as a teacher very likely in any, um, you know, kindergarten through 12th grade educational system without a bachelor's in something um, in, in all likelihood. But it's unlikely that, um, you know, that if, more or less. There's plenty of places like Free Talk Live, for instance, where you don't need a communications degree to get to, to be a broadcaster here. You need to have demonstrated the ability to do the job and then we'll bring you on for sort of an apprenticeship. And if we think that you're good for that, we'll uh, bring you on a little a little longer in a probationary period. And then, you know, we'll go from there. So there's plenty of jobs that do just that. And you can make great money without a degree you can make great money with a degree you can I, I i don't think a degree is necessarily terribly um it isn't as valuable i think as it was 20 years ago 
And it's probably because everybody has told their kids that they need to go get a degree. And now there's a bunch of people running around out there with degrees that aren't really in anything of value. Now, I'm going to say doctors, engineers, lawyers. uh, There's probably a, a small handful of professionals where you need to have some kind of degree. But computer programming... Plenty of coders out there never went to college. And people aren't going to uh, school for these, like, uh, you know, degree necessary careers, like veterinarian, for example. Personally, I would hire a veterinarian that doesn't have a degree, you know, somebody who just got experience. But uh, there's a huge shortage of veterinarians. There's a huge shortage of doctors, just like my dentist is from Egypt. Yeah, just, you know, there are, are very few American dentists because Americans aren't. They're not pushing themselves. They're not going to do these hard, challenging careers. 855-450-3733. It's 855-450-FREE or the Discord lines at discord.freetalklive.com. Free Talk Live. The number... 855-450-3733. It's 855-450-FREE is in freedom. It's Mark with you. And Jay. And you can call in and talk about whatever you want to talk about. We're talking about the situation going on where this uh, judge has ruled that Harvard's done nothing wrong with its process of uh, determining who's going to get into class and who's not. Now... I'm not exactly sure what they're trying to say when they say that a a student's race is never used against the applicant, nor is it a deciding factor for any applicant. I mean, then why is it an issue? Why is it even on the application? Let's, I mean, unless I don't understand, uh, but I mean, it sounds, I mean, what is affirmative action? Affirmative action, as I understand it, which now, as I understand, affirmative action can only be used at colleges these days. Um, but you know, when you say these days, did like the some some ruling is because like that was a big thing in the construction companies get the federal jobs like twenty five years. Federal ago. jobs is a different story. Okay, that, right? Like they can't tell you you can't do it. You could potentially make a racial, racially homogenous construction crew. You just, if it's not the right race, won't get. Um, the the federal jobs. When I first uh, heard about or affirmative state. action, I was a kid, and my you know I was young, single digit age. I don't remember, but it was basically my father referred to it as reverse discrimination. I think that that's probably pretty clearly what um what it is. Now, um, you know, it's uh, I mean, it's discriminating against people based on their race and we were told that was wrong and now i'm we are told that it is right as long as it's done in the right direction i just don't go for that i would prefer to not think about race at all i do believe that there was a time uh and there was a time that i thought this i don't really think it anymore but that these affirmative action laws were maybe necessary uh essentially you know um if if you're going to be, you know, if I'm going to put my minarchist hat on or like, you know, we're going to have a good and just government that's, you know, not going to, you know, suck the energy out of us via a monetary system anyways. Uh, you know, so after, you know, slavery and these, there was just a lot of people, you know, like the whites only restaurants, whites only, you know, um, that part of, you know, this, uh, you, you can't, you know, have a whites only 
public, you know, water fountain, for example, you know, because, you know, and my problem is, is the black guy goes to drink from the water fountain and he's, you know, a man with a baton is going to, you know, beat him up, do something to him. Yeah, right. And, uh, you know, I mean, I see the I see the issues. And honestly, we can go back relatively recently in past. You don't need to go to slavery. You can go uh, you know, like the, the 70s, maybe the 80s in some cases where you're talking about uh, blacks being discriminated against, you know, like mobs coming after them, Rosewood, things like that. Um, you know, people setting fire to black businesses, black banks being run out of business and that kind of thing. I'm not saying that those things weren't uh, happening. They certainly were. Hopefully, what I'd like to see created is a platform that's fair based on race. And I don't think we get to fair by making any side particularly bitter. Now, if you want to make a side, it's kind of like the, uh, the, 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 the black guy that got shot by the cop recently. Uh, which one? Doesn't that happen like every day? The the ruling that just came down with the uh, the white lady, I can't remember her name. Oh right, right. She busted into uh, his or went into his apartment, thought it was hers. Yep. Um, you know, shot him and and killed him. Shot him and killed him. Turned on the lights, realized it wasn't her apartment. Uh, yeah, I. Yeah, it's a tough situation. Um, the what I thought was heartening about this, the best part of the story so far, is the brother goes across the courtroom and. Uh, meets her halfway through across the courtroom and gives her a hug. Oh, that's really good. Yeah, it's very nice. He, yep. he says he forgives her and, you know, those kind of things. And I think that that's the best thing that he can do. Mm-hmm. Walking around with bitterness in his heart isn't going to make that lady's life any better or worse or making that lady's life isn't uh, worse isn't going to make your life any better. Those think, um, you know, those kind of things. We need to get a platform where where people are treated fairly and admittedly. Things aren't entirely fair, but I don't think you make them fair by making them unfair. I just got a text message from uh, a listener of ours, Tim Pachette, and uh, he says the largest mob lynching in America was actually against Italians. Huh. I mean, I, I, I didn't fact check it, but I can tell you Tim's usually pretty accurate yeah, when he not, says something not the one to mess mess around with those sorts of things so these uh the, the liberal authors here at the vox.com the case stirred racial resent resentment up until now most cases about race and college admiss- admissions have been brought by white plaintiffs like fisher who argue that they are being uh, harmed by reverse discrimination and therefore pushed out of colleges by less qualified applicants of color These cases have led to restrictions on how affirmative action can be used, but no case has actually ended the practice in its entirety. If the Harvard case goes to the Supreme Court, it could change this. Rather than a white plaintiff, this case relies on a group of high-achieving Asian Americans arguing that a policy meant to help students of color is actually hurting them. Unlike Fisher, whose GPA and SAT scores were not as strong as her peers, um, the the plaintiff in this case, uh, the plaintiffs in this case have academic records that are much harder to criticize. Right. So, I mean, if you applied to Harvard, I mean, Harvard has so many applicants that have super high SAT, ACT scores and, um, you know, the highest GPAs they can get. And then they're going and doing extracurricular stuff in order to, you know, achieve like the people that want to get into Harvard know the patterns that they have to, um, you know, emulate to get into to Harvard. So they're doing it. Well, um, that means that Harvard is inundated with people 
you know, they're, they're all sort of all basically the same on paper, right? There's literally like tutors you can hire to like train your kid and, you know, tutor your kid and what you need to do to go to whatever particular college that you have pinpointed. I mean, my and, little sister uh, wanted to go to Leola or something in New Loyola, Jersey, yeah. and um, she did for a year. Now she's going to college. I in think Loyola's in uh, uh, Louisiana, but anyway. I, well, it's Hackensack, New Jersey or something. I can't okay. re- remember, but... um. Uh, and they literally uh, hired someone that kind of like, you know, was like a professional and basically, you know, helping them write the applic- you know, apl- application and all that stuff. But yeah, she was ex- essentially tutored to go and she's big time in a softball and it had to do with, you know, softball scholarship was, you know, to get the ride, which she was is successful in and had a lot to do with finding the right people that, you know, help get it done. Right, and that's absolutely true. You can get a consultant. Most people want their kid to go to some kind of Ivy League school. Now, when I say Ivy League, I, I think we we need to understand what the Ivy League is. Most people don't know what the Ivy, what Ivy League schools are. There are eight of them, and if you ask the average person to rattle them off, I think they're going to start Harvard, Yale, Princeton. I think most of them will get Dartmouth. I'm not sure, and I'd love to have somebody tell me whether they think Dartmouth uh, is is one that most people will think of as far as Ivy League schools. Uh, then it goes, oh, I'm doing this from memory. I don't know anymore after that. Right. Uh, well, I'm not going to guess one that's wrong. So uh, Brown certainly is. University of Pennsylvania, that's um, Donald Trump's alma mater. There's two with C's, and I always forget um, one of them. It's Columbia and then... Cornell, that's the other one. So um, off the top, of, I memorized these at one point for for kicks. Who knows why I memorize lists, but I do. And um, a lot of people would consider things like MIT and Stanford and maybe a few others. I know that pe- some people call the University well, of Miami the Harvard of the South. I think that's uh, pretty generous to the University of Miami, honestly, but th- it's a good school. Those are popular schools. You know, a lot of people know that name. Almost everybody knows those schools. Now, some of those, they, they have different uh, student body sizes, though. It's a lot easier to get into Columbia than it is to get into Harvard. So you can claim Ivy League at that point, but, you know, whatever. Um and for I think Oxford probably in people's mind would be considered an Ivy League school, but it you know it's in England and it wasn't established before it was established before the United States Revolutionary War, but it's not in the U.S., so it's irrelevant. Um, there's there's some other universities out there that probably would deserve the title of top tier, uh, but um, people use Ivy League to to stand in for top tier. Basically, that's how the language is used. And the reason people want to send their kids to these schools is because they understand that if you have a degree from one of these recognizable names, Harvard, Princeton, Yale, Stanford, MIT, Oxford. Some big company is going to hire you. Right, right away. You're snatched up right away. But not just that, that inside any peer group, people are going to defer to you on certain topics. Probably not NASCAR. But probably if you talk about politics, you'll get a you know a certain level of deference. Why? Because you went to the right school. And that's silly, but it's true. 855-450-3733. It's 855-450-FREE, as in Free Talk Live. 
and not to mention the shedding, I would vacuum the carpet three times a week. Frodo was scratching all night long, bouncing on the side of the bed, keeping me awake the whole entire night from all the scratching and chewing. It kind of makes you neurotic. Does your dog itch, scratch, stink, or shed like crazy? Mounds and mounds of fur all over the place. Come to Dynavite for help. D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E dot com. If you want the dog to be healthy, you got to feed it something healthy. Dynavite is nutrition. The omega-3 fatty acids. Flaxseed, zinc, alfalfa. Our vitamins and enzymes replace the nutrients cooked out of most commercial dog foods. He gobbles it up. He's not up all night scratching. His shedding is minimal, and it is such a pleasure to have my calm, relaxed, non-shedding puppy back. And I have to thank Dynovite for that. Don't let your dog itch, scratch, stink, or shed like crazy. Come to Dynovite for help. 859-428-1000. 859-428-1000. Free Talk Live, going on with my railing against this, what I consider to be a uh, pretty bad ruling here. I'm not sure that I'm entirely sure that it's a bad ruling, because on one hand, I'm of the opinion that Harvard University is a private organization and should be able to determine what its um, admissions rules are. A highly tax-exempt private organization. You know, all that land. I don't know if you've ever been through the Harvard campus before. I've deli- it's big. I've delivered hay like on campus. You know, somebody owns a piece of property that's basically swallowed. Up, you know, surrounded by Harvard because people own all kinds of land around Harvard, and then they give it to the school as part of their whatever their will or whatever. Uh, but like even a town I live in, um, there's a big private college there, and the reason the property tax is so high, just like it's so high in Keene versus other areas, is because those colleges. Uh, are all exempt from taxation, whether they're private or public. Some colleges choose to give money to their towns um, as sort of a gift, but yes, they 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 do protect their uh, tax free status because what if we don't feel like giving one year, you know? Well, and anyways, yeah. So, but they uh, and and Harvard itself is it's creating a you know is is very in bed with the whole parasite economy, the parasite class, and I mean, look at Elizabeth Warden's uh, Elizabeth Warren. Warren. Well, how many presidents have been Harvard grads? I mean, uh, Harvard is... And they're probably all scumbags. Well... Because <laughs> most of them are. I, I did say met... presidents. Yep. <laughs> so, anyway, going on with this article from Vox, which is clearly uh, not intended to be middle of the road. Um, an appeal could have a drastic effect on how elite schools use race and admissions, especially since last summer the Trump administration rescinded Obama-era guidance on race and admissions, arguing schools to uh, urging, excuse me, uh, to adopt a race-neutral approach. The Department of Justice also filed a statement of interest, siding with the plaintiffs in this case, arguing that Harvard failed to show that it does not unlawfully discriminate against Asian Americans. The Trump administration's involvement has made it clear that it sees discrimination against Asian Americans as something to solve by eliminating any consideration of race at all. With solid conservative majority now in place during following Brett Kavanaugh's confirmation to the Supreme Court, there's a concern that if this case makes it to the court, it will end in affirmative action. It will end in affirmative action entirely. Now, yay! I. You know, like I I feel for the people that feel like affirmative action is important. I get where they're coming from. However, 
you know, like it's hard to say that we don't want a racially biased nation and then to support racial bias. You're only going to make people angry because even if, and it's certainly true, black Americans have had it rough for 400 years of U.S. history. But if you're talking about one black kid who's 18 years old trying to enter college and one white kid who's 18 year old, 18 years old entering college, tell them about what's fair. Just because Harvard's graduated a lot more white kids than black kids or whatever the situation is that like I'm not responsible for history. I'm not responsible for the actions of people who have borne the similar color to my skin. I, I, like I'm not responsible for those things. I didn't do it. Just like we're also not responsible for the debt that was put in our names decades before we were bar- born, just like the debt today that you know our grandchildren are, ex- are expected to pay, essentially, the way the financial system works, they're not responsible for that either. So I, at least the article um, has some pictures here of some angry Asians holding support, SFA, fair admissions for all, signs and these sorts of things. Um, the SFA says it has found evidence that proves that Harvard is deliberately and illegally limiting the number of Asians um, Americans accepted, pointing uh, to a part of Harvard's holistic interview process known as the personal rating. This part of the application process considers things like teacher recommendations, alumni interviews, and personal statements. The plaintiff says... The plaintiffs say that internal reports from Harvard's Office of Institutional Research suggests the university regularly underscored Asian-American applicants on this portion of the review. They say Harvard regularly rated Asian-Americans as less courageous or less likable than white students and admitted more whites than Asian-Americans, despite Asian-Americans besting whites in other metrics. So... This court case never dealt with minorities like blacks and American Indians and these sorts of things. It's only addressing the disparity between entrance of Asian Americans and whites and showing that there is, you know, a complication there. And I think that's important because if you could eliminate the, you know, if you if you Eliminate the rules for Asians and just say, hey, look, you can't look at somebody's race and say you can't let as many Asians in or whatever. That's wrong. It is wrong. And the thing with Asians, with a lot of them, they'll just be able to tell by their name. It's a lot harder to, you know, to, you know, it's harder to tell the difference between, you know, a white guy and a black guy and a black guy based on the names because there's, you know. I used to live next door to a guy named Harrington, uh, a black man named Harrington. Uh, so, you know. Right. Unless, you know, mom or dad picks some very ethnic name. But even there's, you know, there's, there's white people, you know, that uh, have names and you could think that they were, you know, black. Yeah, you could. Um, it's, it's certainly possible. Harvard countered that the reports were incomplete and did not fully capture the nuance of the school's admission process, and has said that weaker teacher recommendations are behind Asian-American students' lower personal ratings. Both sides presented dueling expert analyses over the data. In the end, the judge ruled that Harvard's actions were not discriminatory. So when you have to say things like, uh, reports were incomplete, and did not fully capture the nuance of the school's administration process. You're on the defense, like heavily on the defense. You're getting pummeled. Wouldn't it be better? And again, 
This is Harvard school. Harvard should be able to do what they want. Harvard should be able to introduce a completely non-white uh, you know, student body, if that's what they want to do. Sure. Because it's their school. They should get to decide. But if we're talking about a you know world where Harvard grads go out there and support you know anti-discrimination laws and their professors and you know whatever else is going on there, then they probably shouldn't just shouldn't discriminate. Let's just remove. Seems the fairest to me. Let's just. This is what I want. Is I would like to see Asians get in to Harvard based on merit. Let's just remove things like race from the uh, the application. And if somebody wants to change their name in order to apply at Harvard, then they should be able to do that. Yeah, people change their name just to run for mayor. Right. Should it matter what somebody's name is? Nope. To whether they get in Harvard or not? Now, what, now another thing that Harvard does, and many Ivy League schools do this, is they have uh, legacy, uh, legacy uh, placement. So, for instance, if your dad or mom went to Harvard, then you're more likely to get a slot in Harvard. Obviously, you have to meet certain criteria, but it's the criteria is a little lower because, you know, it's legacy. Yeah, that's cool. I mean, whatever Harvard wants to do, I agree but with do you. you have a, do you think it's wrong um, to do that? Um, because that's not merit-based as much. No, it's, it's not. It has less merit, but I kind of... For whatever reason, I don't based. seem to I don't seem to have a problem with it because Harvard's always been sort of a class based organization. But maybe I'm wrong on that, and maybe it should be entirely merit based. And the children of graduates of Harvard, I think the reason they do it is is because it gets them a lot of money. Harvard oh, yeah. grad is more likely to make money. A Harvard grad is more likely to give money to Harvard if Harvard lets their kid in. Like, you know, I, the way I would feel is, is, oh, I was good enough for, for me to get in, but my kid's not good enough. Well, I guess my money's going to be going to MIT or wherever my kid ends up going. And there's a lot of back scratch, scratching going on both ways because, uh, you know, Elizabeth Warren, when she does a speech at Harvard, she gets paid pretty good money, I believe. I don't know what it was, but I know she was she, paid pretty good money as a uh, professor there, too. Uh, oh, that's that right. She, she was professor, managed yes. to only get the job based on or part of the criteria of her getting the job was uh, claiming to be an American Indian, part American Indian. Uh, was it American Indian or Native American? Because I would say if she was born in Massachusetts. She's a Native American. But if and I'll defend her on that, even though I don't like her. But did she call herself an American Indian? That's a different thing. I think when you check the, the, the box that uh, you know what you're, you're you're doing. But I mean, it's never... Yeah, it, in that circumstance, she knew it would benefit her. So, hey, I checked that box. I knew exactly what I was doing. I was born. How does in it benefit you? How has it benefited you? Well, I didn't really care. Eight five five four five zero three seven three three. It's eight fifty five four fifty free here on Free Talk Live. Free Talk Live. You can call in, talk about whatever's on your mind. It's Mark with you. And Jay. The number's 855-450-3733. It's 855-450-FREE, as in freedom. Apparently, Bernie Sanders wasn't feeling so well. Got a story here about him ending up in the hospital getting a heart surgery. Oh, that's too bad. Freedoms Phoenix is a liberty-oriented news aggregation site. If you want the newest and freshest stories and perspectives on current events from those who value liberty, freedomsphoenix.com has it. 
Their daily dispatch is the best way to stay up to date on science, technology, historical findings, liberty news, government overspending, and the rise of the police state. Freedoms with an S. Phoenix.com. Freedoms. Phoenix.com. And I, you know, I mean, I saw this news with Bernie Sanders and it immediately, uh, my confirmation bias kicks in. I don't think Bernie Sanders has a shot because of his age. And I, you know, I'm not trying to say that I dislike the guy or anything like that. I mean, I don't particularly like his policies, but uh, I'm realized that we're going to have a Democratic nominee. And I think that uh, Joe Biden is a terrible choice. So um, I don't think the Democrats want to win this time. I think that the establishment Democrats realize that there is an, a financial meltdown coming and yeah. they don't want to be holding the hot potato when a timer goes off. And I think this is why they brought the uh, impeachment the thing, <laughs> the impeachment thing. Okay. And they're showing in this impeachment, I mean, like, um, yeah, please let the impeachment go forward because I want to read the discovery. I want to see the evidence of this. And what the evidence sh- basically does is shows Joe Biden, you know, threatening to suspend a billion dollars worth of military aid to the uh, government of the Ukraine unless they get rid of this special prosecutor who was looking into Joe Biden's son, Hunter Biden, over corrupt stuff. And somehow Hunter Biden got a job or a, or a, a position in this uh, big company, I forget what it's called, but it was the largest like energy firm uh, in the Ukraine, and his position paid him fifty thousand dollars a month. And you know, this is also the same guy that was like kicked out of the military for testing positive for cocaine. I mean, Biden is just a true and true corrupt. He's a he's a, a Clinton. It's he's a politician. Bush. Yeah, yeah. He's just a you know creepy corrupt guy, and he and he brags about it. There's actually or there was a hot there was a video and a hot mic where he's bragging about how he basically threatened to withhold money to the uh, Ukraine government unless they got rid of this prosecutor. And then and then Joe, Joe's Biden is quoted being saying something like, uh, uh, he goes and, and he goes, and, and darn it, didn't they fire that prosecutor the next day? Hmm. So they got their million or their money, whatever it was. Sure. Now, I don't know. Uh, again, I don't know anything about this, but um, I would say that uh, there's they, a whole YouTube video of him saying it, like the whole explain, explaining the whole thing out. I, I again, I, I, for me as a libertarian, I'm just sitting here with a with a thing of popcorn, watching what's going on. I don't care what happens. It really doesn't matter to me. I, I want to disrupt the DNC in a bad way. I want to disrupt it all. But um, Trump really does disrupt the Republican Party, the RNC. Yep. Um, and, and Tulsi disrupts the DNC. And I, so later on, I'll tell you about my disruption plan that I want to spew to everybody. Well, um, let's let's quick t- uh, talk about the story about what happened with uh, Bernie Sanders here. Um, uh, just going on with this uh, article here. I got to since I've uh, got the, bad vision. And the thing with Bernie Sanders is uh, I believe that last time around the DNC stole it from Bernie Sanders. Uh, I do believe that when it comes to numbers and people actually motivated to vote, that D- Bernie uh, last time around could have beat Trump. I believe he could too. I, almost I don't know believe- if they stole it from him, but Clinton clearly was prepared to stack the deck. Um, I mean, it, it has every look that... Of that, so I would say yes that the DNC did steal essentially the primary from 
uh, Clinton because the DNC is just as, uh, you know, it's a private charity, essentially. Uh, they can pretty much do whatever the heck they want, and they can change their votes around and do other things the same way in the primary in here in New Hampshire. Uh, Ron Paul's votes were pretty much clearly given to McCain in 2012. There was a little screw up in the Boston, one of the big Boston Herald or something where they actually showed the correct thing and there was a campaign for liberty suit. And just like the whole Bernie Sanders campaign did some did some lawsuits against the DNC and the DNC is like, yeah, we can we can take his votes and give him the Hillary. And, they can. And super delegates. It comes. Well, the super delegates are people and those people. You know, they have a disproportionate sway on who gets to be the nominee and who doesn't. And I don't think it should be that way, personally. I think it should be the Democratic Party ought to be a little more Democratic, is what I think. Well, they're just a bunch of crooks, just like And they paid the price. They, um, you know, we they they decided to put up the most disful, distasteful woman in America against Mm -hmm. the most one of the most distasteful men in America, and look at the results going on here from the Daily Beast. Senator Bernie Sanders' campaign announced Wednesday that the that's today, uh, the presidential candidate had two stents inserted after the discovery of a blocked artery and that he will cancel his upcoming events for now. During a campaign event yesterday evening, Senator Sanders experienced some chest discomfort. Following medical evaluation and testing, he was found to have a blockage in one artery and two stents were successfully inserted, said senior advisor Jeff Weavy, Weaver uh, in a statement. So, you know, he felt tired, and this is what people with heart problems will often say. They just feel tired, and, you know, it's been a long day. Can, can you imagine a guy that's never actually worked in his life, a guy who was actually kicked off a communist commune for being too lazy, uh, being the age he is, having, uh, you know, a blockage? I mean, sure, it's always these, you know, people I know that have these heart issues and these blockages and things, they are generally, you know, like, government bureaucrats that do nothing you know <laughs> well i mean that are unhealthy you know they're not fit they um the heart heart disease is going to hit uh, just about anybody it's at some point but yeah i mean comes on earlier these guys who just don't do nothing senator sanders is uh conserving uh, conversing and in good spirits he will be resting up over the next few days we are canceling his events and appearances until further notice and we will continue to provide appropriate updates sanders 78 has maintained an extraordinarily busy schedule for years tracing him from his first presidential run to the midterms and now his second bid for the presidency the senator was among the 10 presidential candidates to set to appear wednesday in las vegas for an msnbc hosted gun control forum and had events scheduled in california in the days after after announcing a massive fundraising haul of 25.3 million on tuesday the sanders campaign had also purchased its first television ad by an iowa uh key early primary voting state obviously iowa doesn't have a primary they have a caucus because new hampshire is the first primary in the nation these ads began to get canceled on wednesday though an aide to sanders said it was simply a postponement let's go to the phones we've got joe from michigan joe what's on your mind yeah, I'm um, kind of wondering why uh, Bernie didn't fly to Cuba, you know, or Venezuela and get some of their great, you know, socialist health care. There is some you know, socialist health care uh, to be had there, right? Yeah, you know, all these, you know, all these wannabe Marxists in this country, Hollywood and all these people, you know, when they're stroking out in the sidewalks someplace, I'm, you know, where are they going? They're going to the best hospital in the country. Hold you the know, line if you've got more, Joe. Eight, five. Does your dog itch, scratch, stink, or shed like crazy? 
Come to Dynavite for help. Order a 90-day supply of Dynavite. Everything we tried failed except the Dynavite. Pick up two bottles of Super Mega Fish Oil. Get the third bottle free. Packed with omega-3, DHA, and EPA fatty acids. Super Mega is great for your dog's immune system, healthy skin, and soft, shiny fur. Dogs love it. Try Super Omega Fish Oil. Buy two. Get one free. At Dynavite.com. D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E dot com. Free Talk Live. The number, 855-450-3733. free as in freedom. You can call in either on those numbers or you can use the Discord lines at discord.freetalklive.com. I want to tell you about Bitcoin.com. Bitcoin.com is, in my opinion, yeah, the first stop you should make when you want to learn about cryptocurrency. They've got a great, you know, like getting started section right there at the top of the page. And you can click on that and learn about cryptocurrencies and they make it easier for you. You can buy Bitcoin cash through Bitcoin.com. You can get wallets. You can get, uh, uh, find out ways to find it in your local area. You can get news if you, uh, and they've got a real news department, not some kind of news department just reposts other people's stories, a real news department, um, as opposed to many of those other places. It's Bitcoin.com. Check them out. And it's just simple, that Bitcoin.com. I recommend it to people because I give a discount when I you know, do property management work or whatever in cryptocurrency. And people, I have the next, you know, hours later, they're like, what's your Bitcoin cash address? Nobody like is like, how do I get on there? Nobody's had to ask me a question. That's what just makes it, that's why I like about it. Everybody I referred it to was just, it was easy. I actually had an experience where I can point out the sort of crypto economy that goes on here in New Hampshire. I recently, uh, I think it was last week or the week before, had uh, sort of a brief consultation with an educational expert here in New Hampshire who has uh, somebody who prefers cryptocurrency that plows her driveway. And <laughs> I paid uh, paid her for the consult. Um, and apparently she's going to go on and then pay you in that cryptocurrency. So it's going around. This is oh, I know who this is. Yeah, the, the slow money thing. If you read <laughs> ever read the book Slow Money, I mean, this is what they were talking about: spending local. Well, cryptocurrencies make it so that money stays in your area. So let's go uh, back to the phones. We had Joe on from Michigan. Joe, you're back on Free Talk Live. Yeah, my point is that you know. All these little wannabe Marxists in this country preaching down to everybody else. You know, if you, if you check them out, Michael Moore, all these guys, they don't practice what they preach, man. You know, I guarantee you Michael Moore don't go down to Cuba to get his health care. And just like Bernie didn't say, hey, screw the, you know, wherever he went, <clears throat> send me down to Castro's doctor or whatever down in Cuba. I mean, never mind go to Cuba. The, these guys, like, you know, they don't go to the ER. You know, at the, you know, local, you know, place, I'm sure they got, like, their special, like, valet service, boutique, whatever. I don't even know what it is. Bernie, the doctor, probably goes to Bernie. You know, that don't happen for us. Yeah, Yeah, likely that's the case. But 
if Bernie well, can afford to pay the doctor, and the doctor wants to go to sure. give a private visit, he absolutely should be able to. It's just that it just shows sort of how they're out of touch. The same people that don't want you to have a to be able to own a gun have armed people that stand around and protect them. And those people who don't want us to own guns uh, don't want us to have guns because they're usually going to do things that will they want to do things that will get them shot. Uh, best I can tell. In a free world, perhaps. Joe? Yeah, they're, um, you know, it's just like, you know, Harrison Ford and all these guys are preaching down to us about global warming. But, you know, they got, uh, you know, massive collections of classic cars and they fly their own personal jets around. And, you know, look at what people do, not what they say. And, you know, when somebody says I'm a socialist, first off, you know, you can look at their life and see if whether or not they're full of crap. And I don't know why people fall for like Bernie and all these idiots. I mean, Bernie Sanders is not a freaking Marxist. He's used, he's used it as a, uh, he may have been when he was young, but he's definitely not anymore. And, uh, you know, that's all the Democrats are offering, man. And they set up obstacles to us. You know, I mean, they don't, they don't live by the same laws that we live by. You know, Bernie right. Sanders is, their politicians are, uh, you know, they're, they're disingenuous. They're using the political process to get where they are. I'm sure that there's plenty of uh, people out there that support them. Thank you for the call, Joe. Appreciate it. And we do essentially have socialism in this country you know, in the broad spectrum where there's a lot of social programs that are paid for by government. Yeah. Uh, social Security. <laughs> and essentially the economy is, is the means of production are heavily regulated in this country. I mean, you can't produce anything. I mean, even like farming, the most simplest thing is... It, it is so regulated in a form of crop subsidies that, you know, the guy who's growing chickens and, and are some, make organic chickens is asking six ninety nine a pound for organic chicken. But right. you can go into Safeway and buy it for sixty nine cents a pound. Um, that's socialism. But we export the poor parts of socialism to the other side of the world in a form of dropping bombs on countries that either threaten to not participate in the U.S. dollar or want to de-dollarize or putting sanctions on these countries. Uh, either extreme, that is how the United States exports uh, socialism. Let's the go bad parts. Cody calling in from Texas. Cody, you're on Free Talk Live. Hey, Mark. Glad to hear your voice. <laughs> um, I was just listening to your podcast about your B-7 flu trip with Jack, and I went to Google what, just kind of remind myself what a B-17 looked like, and I saw that it looks like there's one less in commission. It was a crash today. Yeah, absolutely. I, as you can imagine, I, I heard this story and I sat straight upright. Um, I was <laughs> there's uh, I recent for those who were listening to the podcast. I recently took a trip on. The aluminum overcast, which is a B-17, one of, according to these folks, about four that are in the air, make that three, um, and that are you know flying right now where you so can get a... what is a B-17, an B-17 airplane? B-17 is a, an airplane that was, uh, you know, a built-in, that started in 38 and ended in, I think, uh, 45 in the U.S., although they were still in uh, service until 68 in Brazil. For and military or... Yeah, I think they were using it for military. In it's Brazil. a bomber. And okay. um, as the B indicates, and an early bomber, as the 17 indicates. Um, and you know, lots, of them, lots of them crashed and lots of them got shot up and all that stuff. But uh, there's a few that are flying out there. Many people have really great thoughts about them. The Memphis Bell is a famous one. And apparently one crashed in at Hartford Airport just today. Now, I do not believe... That is the, as I understand it, it is not the same 
uh, airplane. Then it's not the aluminum overcast. That's not where they were headed. But you can believe that, I, you know, it was a mortality check for me. I was like, wow, that could have been me. And like that could have been my family. How bad was this crash? Very bad. Like people died? Yeah, like oh. seven people at this point are considered dead. Um, and they took some to the hospital and three were critically injured. Some of those may die. Who knows? Basically, an engine blew out. It's got four engines. I don't entirely understand what happened. An engine blew out. It turns, attempts to turn around, somehow clips a maintenance building at the airport, and you know comes down a big fiery ball and a bunch of black smoke. Cody, what'd you hear? Uh, just what you said. Uh, just on the headlines. Um, thought of you. Called. Glad to hear your voice. Like I said, sorry for the families and anybody that was yeah. lives lost or injured today, but. Um, glad you're still around. You've been a, a part of my radio for or my podcast anyway for the past ten years or so. So um, anyway, glad you're safe. Thank you for the well wishes, Cody. Appreciate that. Yeah, it's uh, it was really very nice. They we got an email. Uh, you know, I guess they have a list of local media celebs or whatever terminology they have. It's just local media, and they sent me an email and said, "Hey, you want to ride on a B seventeen? All you got to do is do a story about it." And Sure, I could do that for you. <laughs> and uh, they wanted t- up to two people from your media organization. And I'm like, well, I'm going to leave my wife on the ground. And who sh- she is from my media organization. And I'm going to take my son up. They had no problem with that. They were happy to get, That's cool. get a kid up in the air. And he spent the entire time up in the nose gunner area. So it's all glass, or all plexiglass up there, and you can see in a way that you couldn't see otherwise. So this plane's flying low over Keen, and I'm like, look, Jack, that's uh, you know the church at the, the uh, top of the square, and that's this and that. And he really enjoyed the experience. I would say that it's a quirk, obviously, a B-17. So this is a big plane. It's a good-sized plane. How it's- does one find that podcast that you did? Uh, go to free talk, archives.freetalklive.com, search B-17, and it should come up. Just 17, I bet you it comes up. Uh, it's going to be in the month of uh, September. Oh, so, cool. There you go. 855-450-3733. That's September 2019. 855-450-FREE. Free Talk Live. Free Talk Live. 855-450-3733. It's 855-450-FREE here on Free Talk Live. Before we get on with this story of uh, Bernie Stan- Sanders having his uh, heart surgery, I want to thank the amplifiers, especially Hugh Jorgen. Hugh is a platinum amplifier, so thank you, Hugh. All you have to do is go to amp.freetalklive.com if you support a platform where people can get on and say what they want to say, well, we're here for you. If you support a platform that wants to promote the ideas of liberty, that's us too. So it's amp.freetalklive.com. And, yeah, get on over there and help us get on more stations, get more podcast downloads and that kind of thing. It's amp.freetalklive.com. What is a platinum uh, amplifier uh, $25 a month basically um, is. there's no extra benefit to being a platinum amplifier except there's a pin that you can get that's a little free talk live logo that says platinum amplifier on the bottom back oh of that's it. cool that's cool swag right there yeah it's, it's pretty neat so going on with this story from the dailybeast.com um, apparently Bernie Sanders had uh, 
some kind of heart situation, had a few stints put in his until further notice, likely not very long. It doesn't take too long uh, when it comes to stints. You can be out of the hospital. I mean, you can literally go into surgery at 6 a.m. and be out at noon. I know some guys that got stents. Uh, they were eh, 50s, 60s, but these were like truck drivers. And like yep. One guy was a logger, but he did all his logging from, you know, from a cab of a machine. So he didn't do a lot of exercise. And, you know, he ate at Wendy's every day and, you know, ate at the diner every morning and, you know, whatever. And anyways, uh, he he's healthier now at like 64 years old than he really ever remembers being. Uh, and, It'll change your whole view of things oh, having a heart uh, yeah. situation. I mean, he like I want to be there for my grandbabies, and yep. uh, he. That's why I quit smoking. Is I had had a kid, but that stent, he was like felt like a, he had a new lease on life, and basically the doctor was like, yeah, you know, hundred years ago you you'd be probably you'd be dead. Be dead, you'd be dead, or, or or suffering or whatever. And uh, you know, he went from not being able to like walk up the stairs of his house to after the stent, he could jog up the stairs of his house, and yep. not really an issue. And then he, but you know, people hadn't seen him in years. He lost like eighty pounds. And I've know. always been kind of curious um, if you get these stents, right? So this device that's in your, uh, you know, in your arteries, and then say you cut out most bad foods, will. I mean, can you wear away at the uh, plaque that's in your arteries to the point that the stents just go free and then they're being pumped around parts of your body and get lodged in things? <laughs> that's a good question. I don't believe it works like that. I think they're kind of like the way they're implanted. But your uh, body definitely has the ability to really heal itself if you start doing proper nutrition and stop just consuming I mean, when I lost a lot of weight, I went from a little over 300 pounds to 215 pounds and, eh, you know, like like a year. I didn't really try hard. Uh, but what I, one thing I did do when I got down about 275, I was like, you know what? I'm going to cut out all government subsidized food. And in about three months, I was down to like 215. Now I'm back up to like 230, but... Um, it's tough being know. married, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They cook better food than you do. <laughs> yes. So, um, yeah, I mean, what happened with Bernie Sanders here is uh, apparently after the news broke, Sanders' 2020 Democratic competitors issued statements hoping for his well-being. Among them, uh, Senator Elizabeth Warren, Democrat Massachusetts, tweeted, Bruce, Team Warren, and I are sending all our best wishes for a speedy recovery to Bernie Sanders and hope to see my friend back on the campaign trail very soon. Yeah, they want his money. They want his support, every one of them. I wonder where the Bernie money's going to go. So, yeah, I mean, that's kind of my question here is, is Bernie Sanders, I think, is out of it. Um, he's the oldest guy on the campaign trail. He's older even than Trump, who's an old guy, I believe, if I remember correctly. And... I mean, it's I'm sorry to say that's something that people look at um, mm -hmm. when they're choosing for whom to vote. That's why they are always hammering on Ron Paul about. Right. They, they gave Ron Paul all kinds of trouble. And I think that personally, if I had to make a guess, I think Elizabeth Warren is going to take uh, this whole Hillary 2.0. She's going to get the uh, the nomination because, well, she checks too many boxes. She's she's the establishment front man right now. Right. The, she has been establishment bought and paid for probably ever since she's been groomed as a child for this position. Who knows? The leftists in the Democratic Party want their day in the sun. They want to say, well, we are UBI and minimum wage and health care. And, you know, they want all that stuff. Right. 
Well, the Democrats don't particularly want the leftists in power. They want, you know, same old, same old corporatocracy, slightly left corporatocracy as opposed to slightly slightly right corporatocracy, right? I can't tell the difference. I just can't. The So if they let the leftists have their run in an off year, right, like a, a you know, a, a president running again uh, kind of thing, you know, the likelihood that a president doesn't get reelected is pretty slim. The, the economy is going to have to be pretty bad for Trump not to get reelected. And it's possible there's something looming. But if so, does do the Democrats really want to take over in another bad economy? I, I really think the Democrats don't want to get it just because. I mean, just all the numbers, all this banking stuff. If you listen to uh, Tim Paquette and his uh, his podcast and the thing he talks about. and Liberty Advisor. Liberty Advisor. You have, uh, you know, he's on Ernie Hancock's show, Declare Your Independence with Ernest Hancock in the morning a lot. And you listen to a lot of these guys just literally going to the Federal Reserve and, you know, Fed Bank of New York website page and just reading off things like... There's all kinds of economic stuff that just doesn't make sense. And then you got, you know, the Fed pushing the interest rates down more. There is like a meltdown, I mean, is intimate within the next presidential term is like literally the target for this, you know, meltdown, according to all the guys that process this data and that, uh, you know, talk about it. And I really think that the DNC understands that, that they don't want to be, there's a hot potato there been thrown right. around for decades now or a decade well, and a half or whatever and they got it the last go around with uh Obama and it should be interesting to see what goes on in uh this next go around but it seems like i i don't know whether i it seems like that they you know they the party right um don't care that much if they particularly win this one or don't expect right. to or something like that but what's it's also interesting is the Tulsi Gabbard the one candidate that sounds different than the rest yes. because they're all basically trying to out left each other right now uh the one candidate that sounds different than the rest she can't get a good uh press story it seems. I mean, there's all these hit pieces out there against this lady, and um, I'm curious as to why they keep going after it. It seems to me like, well, the military-industrial complex does not like a soldier that speaks out against uh, you know, bombing people in foreign countries because they make a lot of money doing that. They're the United her- States has descended from uh, you know, world-ruling status to the point that we have to drop $5 million bombs on people's you know, handmade huts. That's, I mean, I was telling my son this and he was laughing. He thought it was the funniest thing he's ever heard is the idea that the American people are spending $50 million on a bomb that they're going to drop on a hut. And I can understand. There's nothing in it. I could see Jack laughing about this because how can you comprehend that? Where does that make sense? I mean, this goes against every rational thing that any, any 10 year old who's got half a brain can, comprehend of course it's laughable there's uh this it's a war these this uh, war on terror is uh, as they're calling it it's a war against the american people and against really really poor people in foreign countries i mean sure do they kill kill some bad guy now and then i'm absolutely certain they do but when you look at the numbers uh, from the obama administration back when you could get some numbers on this stuff uh, of uh, these people are killed uh, it's 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 and it's an outrage 
I think it's what's another outrage is people, Democrats on Facebook saying, oh, the Obamas, they were such a good family and there was no um, no war. Well, no, not no war, but they were saying that there were there were there were no scandals in the White House. It ought to be a scandal if you use your remote control flying killer robot to drop bombs on innocent people's kids. That ought to be a scandal. It's scandalous that the American people don't find that to be a scandal. It's scandalous that you want to fawn over the last killer in chief because, oh, well, he didn't get caught doing this or that in the White House. There's no dress as evidence. Um, you know, there wasn't uh there wasn't this thing or that thing. It's disgusting. Well, the problem is the media is so complicit in this that the American people don't even understand that there was drone strikes going on and bombings. Even people who hate Obama didn't even know that Obama had drone striked more people than all other Nobel Peace Prize winners combined. They had no idea of this. That and uh, fired more cruise missiles than all other Peace Prize winners combined. I had a sign out in front of my house that said that and a liberal newspaper confirmed it is true. They did a fact check on it and said, true, <laughs> not mostly true, true. Nice. 855-450-3733. It's 855. I want to tell you about my favorite cryptocurrency wallet, Edge Wallet at edge.app. Edge is the wallet I use more than any other, and that was true long before Edge Wallet became a sponsor of Free Talk Live. Edge Wallet allows you to buy, sell, trade, and securely hold your cryptocurrencies, including Bitcoin, Ethereum, tokens, Monero, Ripple, Dash, Bitcoin Cash, and more. It's available for both Android and iOS, and you can download it via the Play or App Store or via Edge Wallet's website, edge.app. Secure your freedom with Edge Wallet. Free Talk Live. Free Talk Live. 855-450-3733. It's 855-450 free, as in freedom. You're free to call in and talk live here on the airwaves. That's what we do on Free Talk Live. It's Mark with you. And Jay. You can call either call the regular old landlines or you can use the Discord lines at discord.freetalklive.com. You'll sound like you're right in the studio. We were talking last hour about, well, looks like Senator Bernie Sanders has uh, come down with the some kind of heart attack situation, heart illness, coronary illness kind of situation, and had some stents put in. Now, he'll probably be back up and running here in the relatively near future. But I've been complaining that he's too old uh, for some time, like the last go around, he's too old. I, I just think that all the things he wants to do, first off, his socialism thing are, you know, they're pretty ridiculous. Uh, but the, all of them want the same thing. Eh, so he's not any, really any different. Tulsi's not there in this stuff. She, she's, Tulsi Gabbard. Right. Tulsi Gabbard's not like there in this stuff. I've, I hear a lot of pundits that are anti-Tulsi Tulsi say she's a socialist. You know, the only couple of things I've heard her say about health care as president, commander, or chief, um, they're basically ineffective on. They could, you know, support Congress by not vetoing something that came through like that. But, uh, you know... You know, with her, for example, it's, you know, the, the anti-war thing is just she's she's like Ron Paul. She's consistently anti-war. You know, Bernie is not anti-war. He has um, voted for sanctions. He has as a senator, his voting record shows he is not anti-war. He was a big, big proponent of the F-35, which was a trillion dollar airplane that basically can't outfly an F-16 it um he got lots of benefits for vermont there 
Now, I guess you could say that being pro-fighter plane isn't necessarily being pro-war any more than being pro-handgun is being pro-murder. But, I mean, you know, it's it, it it's really... It's really irresponsible as far as spending goes. By the way, if you want to go see, there's a great article out there by Counterpunch, which is basically a communist rag uh, that says, no, Senator Bernie Sanders is not anti-war. And they make their case from their side. My side, I don't particularly care. Bernie never uh, really uh, floated my boat at all. I might have voted for him in... If if the situation had been right in 2016, because I will always consistently vote for the most anti-war candidate. But fortunately, I had Gary Johnson, who was pretty anti-war the, in 2012, if not uh, so adamant on it in 2016. But they were running a different campaign at that point. So I was able to vote for Gary Johnson. I'm a, as a libertarian able to sort of sit back to some extent and laugh at all y'all who are fighting over who's going to win and who's going to lose. I've been proud of Trump on a few issues. I was pretty proud when he said that he wasn't going to bomb, was it Syria or Iran, because 135 people were going to die or something. Yeah, well, I don't remember what. I think it was Iran. They said that Iran. It's a problem that we don't even know which country it was. Right. They said Iran sent a drone somewhere to do something to right. some boat in some water. Right. It was Iran. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm glad he did that. I'm, I've been glad to see what he's doing with Kim Jong-un. Generally, Trump has made me pretty happy with his foreign policy. And as far as I'm concerned, the president, the president's foreign policy is all that matters. That's what the job. That's what the role is. If you're voting for a president based on domestic policy, you don't understand the Constitution. Domestic policy is put in place by the House and the Senate. Not by the president. Yes, right. they they will veto or sign something. And sure, I can see why you might want your person you know, in for that. But that's not the reason. I, I think it was a Bill Clinton quote that if you uh, compliment the – complimenting the president on the economy is like complimenting the bull rider on the bull or something, uh, like the, the bull ride. You know, basically the president has very little to do yeah, with Yeah, complimenting things. the bull rider on how hard the bull bucks. The bull yeah. rider doesn't control that. So a, as a kid – I wanted to be a bull rider, and my dad wouldn't let me. So you get 50 points is a max for the rider, and 50 points is the max for the bull. And there's s- several different judges judging the bucking of the bull and also j- judging the action of the rider. So you could be the best bull rider in the world and get a bull that don't buck hard. You're not going to be in the money. So you can be a mediocre bull rider that just hung on, and that bull bucked really hard, and you can beat those other guys. I mean, that's just the way bull riding works, and it's all the luck of the draw. And also, this is competition for breeding bucking bulls and all this, and they're worth like hundreds of thousands of dollars. It's stupid. Well, I mean, it's, <laughs> but, yeah. it's not stupid if it uh, makes money, right? Oh, I mean, yes, it makes money. These bull guys... riding is something is is pretty much the only thing out of a rodeo that most people want to watch. Oh, the girls love watch. My mom uh, loved going to the rodeos if there was going to be hot bull riders. She just she was. I want to see those cowboy butts on those bulls. And those, she just loved that. Those guys are full on athletes. Oh yes, um, there's no doubt. And they take their lives in their hands going out there and doing that. It's a money sport. So, uh, you know, I mean, I I may not like the money sport, whatever the money sport is, but I can appreciate that it brings, it puts butts in seats mm-hmm. and it sells ads and it yep. does these things that it's supposed to do by by all means. I, I'm not here to, uh, to to give it any trouble. Where were we? How, did we, how in the Spe- world did we get onto bull riding? Speaking of bull as in bovine feces and the DNC, 
I really want to disrupt the DNC. I want to see them be disrupted because they're disrupting this election. They've disrupted the last election. The RNC has disrupted elections. I, I've watched it firsthand. I was, I did participate in them, watched the vote in 2008 and 2012. I didn't have a horse in the race really in 2016, so I just didn't care. Uh, there, you know, as far as I'm concerned, there was nobody out there I liked. I was pretty much about Ron Paul. I, well, I will pick my uh, candidate based on somebody who has the likelihood. They they have to have enough states that they're on the ballot in in order to uh, to win. So they, they you know they they have to be on enough states to be able to win enough electoral votes to you know walk through this. I'll support somebody who manages to get on the ballot in those in that many states and has their name there where somebody can check it as opposed to writing it in or something like that. I just can't quite get myself around a write-in campaign for president because basically you can't win doing it. So I want to get Tulsi's name on on these ballots in all these states and she's a uh, in the Democrat Party, and I feel uh, the best way to support freedom right now uh, on a national political level is for people to be in a position as voters to be able to vote uh, in a Democrat primary. Now, uh, this is what I've been telling people for about two weeks now. I've been having conversations with people. I've been picking up microphones at Libertarian gatherings. I've been getting booed. Um, I've been getting cheered, which is actually pretty funny when, ha- when you know, when you're getting booed and cheered at the same time. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, it's like you people who are booing me, just please come talk to me. Uh, I understand you're the guys need to talk to that. I understand why principled libertarians are like, um, you know, Tulsi Gabbard, why do you support her? She's not a principled libertarian. And she's not. Yeah, sure. She's not. And uh, but she is one of the well, there's going to be a Democratic nominee. Would you like that Democratic nominee to be lukewarm on war, to be totally pro-war, or to be totally anti-war? Well, right now— Because at this point, that's all that's happening, ladies and gentlemen. There is a Democratic nomination process going on. We're not talking about who's going to be president. We're talking about who the Democratic nominee is going to be. And if you don't understand that as far as politics, you need to think about it for a a little while. So do you have an opinion on who the Democratic nominee should be? Because I do. My opinion is it should be Tulsi Gabbard. Because not because she's the world's most principled libertarian, she's not. But I'll bet she's paying a little bit more attention to libertarian philosophy these days than she did a few months ago. She's getting huge libertarian support at all her town hall meetings. Right. And the number one threat to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness is freaking war. It is freaking war. And whatever we do to other nations of the world, I believe in karma, that we're going to receive karma. We're going to inherit karma, uh, even though it's not the will of us people. It is the will of the politicians who are allegedly representing us. I don't mean it in a spiritual sense. I mean that it's pretty obvious. I mean, you could go through. I just saw some chart that I can't remember. Maybe I saw it on. uh, I don't know. Somehow it came up on my my screen. It's like the nations that hate the U.S. the most. Look. I don't need any trouble from people in Argentina or Indonesia or whatever because they dislike the U.S. Canadians just dislike us because of our foreign policy. I dealt with that when I used to do business in Canada. Right, and I have nothing to do with our foreign po- uh, the United States' foreign policy. 855-450-3733. It's 855-450-FREE. Your opinions are welcome. Free Talk Live, 855-450-3733. Yeah! 
Free Talk Live, 855-450-3733. It's 855-450-FREE, as in freedom. We were talking a bit earlier about diets. We were talking about Bernie Sanders and his uh, heart situation, and uh, I don't know what Bernie Sanders' diet's like, but I think we all can agree that our diet affects our health, especially later in life. And if you're like me, you can't eat well every single time you have a meal, You just or you choose not to. And I think Balance of Nature has a pretty good solution. They've got these Balance of Nature fruit capsules and the Balance of Nature vegetable capsules, and with just three of each, you get 10 servings of fruits and vegetables. This isn't a drug. This isn't an extract or anything like that. It's just food dehydrated and put into a capsule. And it's a lot of nutrition. People who take uh, Balance of Nature report that their skin looks better. Bags under their eyes go away. They have an increase in energy. Back pain is reduced or goes away. That certainly will happen if you lose weight. Uh, Getting sick less or not at all. Eating a good diet is going to help you feel better. You can go online, become a preferred customer, which gives you the best pricing and free shipping. After your third month, Balance of Nature will ship to you at no additional charge an extra set of fruits and veggies. It's a limited time offer. Don't wait. Go to balanceofnature.com and use discount code FTL. balanceofnature.com, coupon code FTL. Let's go to Mike calling in from Washington, listening on KBKW. Mike, you're on Free Talk Live. Hey, you guys. You were talking about... Tulsi Gabbard. I really like Tulsi. I was a peacetime grunt, 80s, so I didn't see any combat. She's a soldier. I think Donald Trump is a soldier also at heart. He doesn't roll over. Um, I think he's going to get reelected, but I hope if he does that he actually figures out a way to get Tulsi Gabbard to come to the other side and put her in a very important place because I think she would be good for this country and there would be more of a balance between the two of them. I'm not and sure that what would happen people. if you were, I mean, Hawaii is a pretty thoroughly blue state. Like, there's, like, different types of Democrats in Hawaii so much that they, the Democrat, the, the real process of getting elected is in the primaries in, in Hawaii. I don't know whether you would have much luck uh, getting, you know, whether it would even be a good idea for her to switch sides. And by the way, she doesn't have to switch sides. She can be a Republican and work for the Trump administration. I mean, she could be a Democrat and well, work for the I'm Democrats. Saying yeah, is, I'm I, think, I think a lot of people like her, and I think between the two of them, a lot of people would come together, which is what we're trying to get people to do anyway, and not bumping heads for yep. four years at a time. And I, I don't just think it would be more of a balance because a lot of people on the left like her, and a lot of people on the right like her as well, I think, because she has no dirt. She's a soldier, and I think we need some soldiers, and I just think it would be a good balance if he could get her up there somewhere. and. Uh, she might knock him down a little bit, you know, and, and balance things out. That's all. Thanks for the call, Mike. Appreciate My thought. it. To, okay, to, bye. To add to what Mike had to say there, I was actually having a uh, conversation with uh, – so I got this nice sign, Tulsi Banner, out in front of my house. This was on a heavily traveled state highway. I have a Tulsi sign out in front of my house, which is not on a heavily traveled uh, state highway. And, uh, every, you know, I'm often hearing horn beeps. When people drive by. Yep. Now, I can't see what's now, going on at the supposedly road. Supposedly, Tulsi's winning the yard sign competition in New Hampshire. I believe that. And that's meaningful. Well, I mean, so she was out of the debates, and then they brought her back in. For somebody to come back in from being kicked out of the debates is 
incredible. There's been tremendous uh, good press on Tulsi in the alternative media, mm-hmm. in all the small media. There's um, all kinds of, uh, like, whether it's Max Kaiser, Jimmy Dore, um, uh, who's the uh, governor, Ventura. Jesse Ventura has been talking about on uh, on his show. Uh, a lot of, like, RT, you know, talk has been about Tulsi and just other, you know, YouTuber media, you know, guys that... You know, they're they're like these progressive dudes and they're like talking like libertarians almost. Right. I And I don't know everything there is to know about Tulsi Gabbard, but I know enough about her competition to know I don't like them. Right. So, um, I you know, the fact that somebody might go and in New Hampshire, it would be very easy to switch party affiliation and just go ahead and. Uh, this is what I've been convinced telling people to do. So for weeks now, I've been talking about Tulsi Gabbard. I've been. Uh, getting you know booed by libertarians and republicans a little bit when I pick up a mic somewhere and talk about this, which I don't really care. And I booed also and get cheered. cheered. I get cheered, and I talk to them and say, "Hey, listen, you know the biggest threat to life, liberty, and a pursuit of happiness is war." Bottom line. Uh, second, uh, to all, everybody on a Democrat side, as far as I'm concerned, with the exception of Tulsi Gabbard, is absolutely terrible, and they are all one way or another going to just keep the war machine afloat if they become president, and. I don't now. I don't believe the DNC even wants to ha- be holding this hot potato when everything melts down. Uh, that's a whole other thing. But just the fact that if, in New Hampshire, in order to uh, vote for um, Tulsi Gabbard in the primary, uh, you have to, I believe, ninety days. And I should have uh, got this date before Sounds the right. show, but it's ninety days before the um, uh, the, the primaries. Primary. And the primary is probably going to be in very early January, correct. this go-around, which means that you would have to be prepared uh, very early. Like next week. Yeah, like October. real soon. That's what I've been saying. You know, and I, I talked to a few other guys uh, last night, actually, um, at a new movers party uh, about, you know, this. And they're like, oh, yeah, it's going to happen early, you know, uh, 20, 20, 2020, early 2020 is the um, primary. They weren't sometime in the spring, they were saying. Uh, but the... The thing is, New Hampshire, they changed it in 2012, uh, the uh, rules on this, that you had to be either registered unenrolled or registered Republican to vote for Ron Paul. This is why in 2012, Ron Paul came in second in a Democrat primary because people wrote him in. And the Republican primary. He came in second in both. Right. I might be... That might be historically the first time that's ever happened. Now, news media didn't really report on it because I guess, you know, the results of the New Hampshire primary sort of, uh, you know, don't qualify. In baseball, any any stupid thing has a t- statistic, but right. Ron Paul getting second in both uh, is pretty impressive. So what if you are anti-war uh, right now, it doesn't matter if you're a Republican or Democrat, if you're anti-war, if you uh, want freedom uh, the thing that you can do is get yourself in a position in your particular jurisdiction where on primary day you can vote you you can uh, cast your vote for Tulsi Gabbard. Now it's and, good to be able to p- cast a vote. I will point out also, Jay, that even if you can't cast a vote, a vote is is that basically every dollar you send to the campaign is like another vote. Yeah. So if you, you can see, send as five a Republican, bucks. you could send a thousand dollars to the Tulsi Gabbard campaign, and that's more meaningful than getting out and voting for. Her. Not to say you shouldn't, because she needs the votes too. But having having signs matters. It's getting news. 
And and voting in a primary, so in New Hampshire, what you got to do is if you're currently a Republican, and this is probably very true in many places because they make it very difficult to, um, you know, get these Ron Pauls and Tulsi's, you know, any traction in a primary. This is, they're all about keeping the establishment, you know, guys in there. So in New Hampshire, you need to like, next week, you got to do this tomorrow, go to your town hall. And if you're a Republican, get yourself uh, either enrolled as a Democrat or unenrolled. And then you can go and you can vote for Tulsi in the Democratic primary. And then when you walk out of the polling area where you just voted, you say, hey, uh, make me unenrolled again or put me back as a Republican. Your call's next, 855-450-3733. It's 855-450-FREE, as in free talk. Business owners, you want more customers? Accept cryptocurrencies. There's people all around you just waiting to spend money at your store. If only you would take it. I know, you've been waiting till someone else makes it easy. Well, good news. HelpMeTakeBitcoin.com adds Bitcoin to your point of sale, totally free. Use the same equipment you already have, now with Bitcoin. And unlike credit cards, there's no fees. Let the guys at HelpMeTakeBitcoin.com bring new customers to your store. HelpMeTakeBitcoin.com Free Talk Live. Call in. Talk about whatever's on your mind. That's what we do on Free Talk Live. That's what the amplifiers support on Free Talk Live. If you want people to be able to call in and talk about whatever they want to talk about, you want to give a platform to people to discuss things in real life as opposed to on social media, then Free Talk Live's your man or show or whatever. <laughs> Go to amp.freetalklive.com as porcupinerealestate.com has done. PorcupineRealEstate.com is a gold amplifier, meaning they give us $10 a month. We ask for five, and that's what we appreciate. Uh, that's, you know, amplifiers and amplifiers as far as I'm concerned, but I'm glad for folks like Mark Warden, the Porcupine uh, Real Estate, uh, to support us. And I've had him on, actually, a couple of times, done some interviews. He, he's such a good dude. I was talking to him last night at the New Movers Party in Manchester. They have oh. a monthly uh, get-together for uh, new porks. People come to uh, for the Free State Project, and like the last, you know, six seven months, there's been people just pouring in from the uh, from California and New York because they are leaving socialist nations, is the way they put it. One guy said it last night. One lady actually, she's uh, an immigrant from um, oh I forget uh, Ukraine or Russia or something, and she's like, I have emigrant, I have left two socialist nations. She said, <laughs> fled two socialist nations. It's always so, interesting to see here the Eastern Bloc people talk about uh, socialism in the United States because I don't think people recognize it at all. But Mark Warden is a great example of how a good real estate agent can save you more money than they end up costing. Oh, yeah. yeah. And uh, I bought my house with him. And, uh, you know, people are very happy him. with his services. He's a great guy. Olivia calling in from Arizona. Listen on YouTube. Olivia, you're on Free Talk Live. Hey, Mark and Jake. What's um, on your mind? This is interesting about Tulsi Gabbard. I feel like this is the only place I really hear about her. She sounds really interesting, so I, I do hope that y'all talk about her some more. But, but uh, As long as she I stays in the campaign, I'm willing to talk about her. <laughs> I think Mark mentioned uh, that maybe someday you might move somewhere else, like to a different country, perhaps. Did I hear that? I, I was curious if you wanted to talk about that. Sure, I'm happy. Some to days the news, 
the news is so depressing. I heard this new uh, story about Texas made this law. If you protest the oil pipeline, they can slap you with a felony and 10 years in prison. It's insane. Oh, I hope a lot of people engage in civil disobedience when it comes to protesting pipelines. I mean, the the pipeline, actually, Tulsi uh, was very much talks about Standing Rock and, you know, uh, and respecting property rights and, you know, this, this tribal property. And, you know, they put that, I can't remember what the pipe was, a Keystone pipeline that went through there. Some pipeline went through there. And basically what they were very worried about, they go under a river that, you know, supplies a lot of the water for the farms and the municipal drinking water within this um, Indian Indian reservation. And that pipeline actually leaked and it contaminated that river like months or year after. I don't remember the exact timeline, but what they were, what the, the native folks were concerned about happened. Yeah, in the news story I read, the the Native Americans went to protest at the Texas State Capitol, and of course the the brown shirted goons threw them out on their behinds. It was pretty horrible. Yeah, as far as uh, leaving the U.S., um, I have uh, you know I think that I I don't think it's as good a single good enough reason that it's cheaper in Central American countries to retire there. There certainly are plenty of places in Central American countries that you can retire a bit more cheaply and that sort of thing. But you can retire pretty cheaply in Florida in certain places. Sure, you can't move to Naples and expect to retire very well. But, you know, there are communities that surround Naples that are quite inexpensive. I mean, I was looking, for whatever reason, somebody showed me a house in Sarasota, Florida, not exactly a low-rent district, that was, um, it was, you know, a trailer, but, I mean, a one-bedroom, one-bath trailer in a trailer park, an old people trailer park, and in, in, in Sarasota, a trailer park is not considered, uh, you know, bad digs, because the old people take nice care of things, so $20,000, I mean, pretty much anybody can afford that. Obviously, you can go places where the food is a little less costly and a variety of things. But when you're talking about housing, pretty inexpensive. Once you're over the um, 62 or whatever, you get Medicaid, Medicare, and you know your Social Security kicks in. So I don't think that just the cost of living is a good enough reason to leave the U.S. But for me, I'm so frustrated with my fellow Americans. I'm just frustrated with listening to them babble on about their crap and the nonsense that they're upset about and this thing or the the other thing. When when they've let the country deteriorate to the point that it's $22 trillion in debt. Uh, now, I'm not saying I'm moving next week or anything like that. And it's I, far more than $22 trillion, by the right. way. But yeah. That's, yeah, that's not even unfunded liabilities. What they're, what they're telling you about. And they're complaining about this thing or that thing, whatever it is. It's all insignificant compared to what has happened to the U.S. And you know, people can call me unpatriotic because I won't stand for the pledge. But I won't stand for the pledge because I don't believe in loyalty oaths like the founding fathers don't. Um, they can say that I'm you know, unpatriotic because I'm willing to leave. I, I'm mostly interested in leaving because i'm sick and tired of what americans have brought america to i think that immigrants to this country are better americans than americans are and that's a pretty sad things to say oh i've experienced that with the guys i worked with in colorado i mean i have often said about talking to my stepfather about my little sister i'm like you know i says my little sister would do a lot better marrying one of these you know Mexican illegals that work in your operation than any white dude I've met around here because 
they're good they have good values these people they work hard they don't they're just they they care about their mom they care about their brother and sister they care about their kids they just they have like these family values you just don't really find in like the average american they it's gone in the average american go ahead olivia oh no mark i i feel you completely really Every day, well, especially today, for some reason, I'm in a funk, and I'm just like, man, you know, it sounds good, some island somewhere, tropical <laughs> island. <laughs> well, I've been to but, quite uh, a few of them, and I generally have a nice time on those tropical islands. They, they right? cost a bit more for the uh, the people, the tourists they cost more for, but uh, you, can, you can live pretty cheap there. I was in Belize a few years ago, and we stopped off at a roadside uh, stand and paid, I think, $4 for a plate of food. It's pretty inexpensive to, uh, to to eat if you eat at the right places. Obviously, you can and find... And the food's good. Yeah, the food was good. It was uh, Everything's organic because <laughs> they don't even know what uh, inorganic means. They don't even know the, the difference. Thanks for the call, Olivia. So Tuesday, February 11th, is primary day in New Hampshire. I just Googled it. So there's some information. I don't. I'm gonna figure out uh, where the 90 day point is. And well, come up I think each state. Uh, the best thing to do is to encourage people to check out your state's rules as far as um, you know re registering. Now, Rush Limbaugh did this at one point too. This isn't uh, particularly unusual. Go. There's no reason. Like, look, who's gonna win the Republican primary? If you're a Republican or you're undeclared, then. Who's going to re- win the Republican primary? If you don't think it's Donald Trump, then, well, I got news for you. So you might as well register Democrat and vote in the Democratic primary. And vote for Tulsi. If you really want your vote to maybe kind of sort of count a little bit, I don't, I'm don't. i not saying when you go do this, your vote's actually going to count, but it's really not. But it's going to kind of sort of well, count a little bit. In the question the is, will it matter? Not if it counts. Um, when I, you know, here in New Hampshire, I live in a little, lived in a little town. Uh, they had a big brown box that they put all the ballots in. And you could stand there all day, literally stand there all day and watch people put stuff into this box. And then you could be there and watch them pull all the ballots out of that box and count them up. And you could, if you wanted, count them up too. So anybody who says that, uh, you know, all the elections are rigged in uh, America, well, I know one that's not. And... Sure, they can throw certain elections. Basically, it only matters in certain counties where um, you know the votes go. I mean, these these people that do the political thing, they're they've really got it down to the counties. But um, I, I think it's I, to me, if you care about it, you might as well vote. That's my opinion. Eight five five four five zero three seven three three. You can give me yours. Eight fifty five four fifty free here on Free Talk Live. Free Talk Live, final segment. And we will be doing Freer Talk Live tonight. Myself, uh, Silver Dave, and nobody. I should have mentioned it a little earlier. but And it will only be uh, on the uh, Discord and Twitch feeds, uh, I believe. So you go to discord.freetalklive.com and twitch.freetalklive.com. Um, I think it's twitch.lrn.fm, too, and then discord.lrn.fm will also work. 
possibilities, but um, you know, personally, I don't think that LRN.FM it necessarily seems like a URL to people. Uh, so I like to use freetalklive.com. So. And we'll just be kind of joking around, just talking about things that are on our mind. You know, nobody's running for mayor and Silver Dave's always got good things to bring up and talk about. And you know, he's a college student now and he's having fun over here at Keene State. And it's just a little fun for us. And we get to uh, learn how to run the um, first chair and, you know, use the board. And it's good practice. And it's just fun. Well, it's a lot of it's 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 three guys that are uh, sort of known for their ability to say wild things here on the air, <laughs> with the ability to say even more wild things off the air. Because it's pretty much uncensored. You yep. know, we can use the words that we can't use on the air. Right, a whole variety of them. They, do, I know they get used. So it's uh, what's the best bet? Twitch dot lrn.fm i think that is the best bet yes so put that in your url twitch.lrn.fm and uh, watch the after show free or talk live let's go to david calling in from new mexico david you're on free talk live hey somebody made the mistake of mentioning harrison ford so i have to say you met harrison him. ford's wife served me a glass of wine at their house one time oh that's their like ranch it. where's the jackson, ranch in wyoming in jackson, jackson wyoming I see. Yeah. So they still they have, have this ranch in Jackson? I'm sure he does. I don't know that for sure, but I'm sure he does. I think Ricky Schroeder's out in Wyoming, or maybe it's uh, Colorado. I don't know. Looked that up one time. There's some beautiful places all out there. Man, uh, I was yeah. in near Jackson Hole, and that's where essentially Yellowstone is, if I got that right. Um, yep. And yep. it's gorgeous. I mean, Yellowstone is just gorgeous, especially all those... Uh, like weird colored lichens that only live in that particular area um you go out there and see the uh the 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 old faithful and the geysers and all that stuff it's amazing yeah sure is so what's on your mind david uh the bubble-headed bleach blonde that comes on at five yeah what is that that's uh eddie money song uh close um don henley okay that uh, tell you about the plane crash with a gleam in her eye. They, there was a plane a plane crash uh, <laughs> that uh, just went yeah. on today. Yeah, it's a hobby of mine to um, when the, when a plane crashes. I like to listen to the the uh, bubble headed bleach blondes on the television and the radio make all kinds of speculations and such. And I can pretty much tell you what happened to this plane just from from all I see is one still photograph and have like one sentence of report as to what people saw and i can pretty much tell you what happened well tell me is that the 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 uh dude lost uh one or more engines on takeoff probably just one it sounds like his number like four one. engine there was yeah which in an older airplane that they may not be getting as much power out of those engines as as uh when it was brand new or who knows they might be getting more i don't know Theoretically, that airplane should be able to maintain level flight probably with two engines and a, if it's lightly loaded um, so they should have been fine with three engines remaining, but, you know, who knows whatever else the circumstances are. And then, uh, uh, so what, you know, when a pilot loses an engine on takeoff, what he wants to do is he wants to come back around and, and land if possible. And um, then here's where the problem comes in is uh, very experienced pilots, this generally doesn't happen to, it's lesser experienced ones or ones that don't have, uh, have balls of steel. And so what, what the what they what they're doing is they're taking off in one direction in order to land, 
they basically need to make a U-turn to come back. And if you're underpowered and just barely staying, uh, maintaining altitude, as the report was in this case, getting lower and lower, um, inexperienced pilots or nervous pilots, they, they keep they, they, they keep trying to make that turn and come around and come around and come around. But turning requires more power ah. than than just going straight ahead. And makes sense. so that makes the problem worse because you keep losing altitude more rapidly than if you just level the wings and, and do whatever you got to do straight ahead. And so, uh, he, you know, he, apparently he made it all the way around back to the landing end of the, of the, of the, uh, runway that he took off of, but, uh, just, a, just a, a day late and a dollar short and didn't touch down in control. And then apparently lost control on the ground and went off the runway and hit the a structure and then you see the smoke and hole in the ground yeah. thing on, in the photograph. What he should have done, and this is assuming for those, I'm correct. For those who and, didn't and, get to see it, by the way, this is a B-17 that crashed today in Hartford at Hartford Bradley Hartford's Bradley Airport. Go ahead. Connecticut. Yeah, Connecticut. Yeah, and, and what he should have done, assuming I'm correct, and I can be wrong, because like I said, I'm going off of a picture of a smoke and hole in the ground and one sentence or two sentences of, of a witness report, and um, what, but what he should have done, if I'm correct, is he should have recognized that he's not for sure uh, the out, the outcome. As a matter of fact, this is part of the verbiage in an airline transport pilot uh, uh, flight test. Uh, quote: "With the outcome never in doubt." And if and for the commercial pilot's license, which is a license below the airline transport, it says never seriously in doubt. Um, and what happened is apparently the successful completion of this maneuver was in doubt. And I'd even say seriously in doubt. What he should have done is he should have uh, gone more more or less straight ahead. He could have, you know, angled off uh, 30, 40 degrees right or left and looked for the most open place uh, ahead of him to put it down. And granted, that may have been a fairly congested area where there were no good options, but the alternative was, uh, well, the alternative got half the people on board killed anyway. Yeah. So and, um, and quite a few of the rest are in critical condition. Um, they may not make it either. Yeah, it was it was uh, certainly a bad result. Yeah. So, so anyway, it's a, it's a sad then, story. Uh, Thanks for the call, David. Yep. Eight five five. Well, I've given the, the the number. It's pretty much over and done with here. When we were talking earlier, Jay, about this sort of uh, retiring to a uh, foreign country, I was talking about just sort of my distaste to some extent, just for sort of what I see America turning into. I I enjoyed your pork fest talk on this, and then I actually listened to it again because uh, it's on uh, freekeen.com. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's, uh, I don't know where, if you... Do, Probably markedgefreekeen.com. Um, and it, your talk was about. Uh, I wish economic. my talk was better. I had didn't have my uh, my my notes weren't. Uh, it, things weren't working as well you, as I would have liked. You did well but with it. It, though. it was fine. Okay. You did well for the crowd that was there. Right? And you talked about your special economic zones. Yep. And stuff. I, I, it was interesting. I learned a lot from that talk. That's why I listened to it again. And uh, you know, for me, I think of this story right. So. The uh, the, Saras- the Saracen horse riders, um, you might know them as the Mongols, the mm-hmm. Huns, or a whole variety of names that they've been throughout uh, history. But the these, horse soldiers, yeah, horse soldiers. These people lived in 
pretty much the most difficult circumstances that a person can live in, which was the steppes of, you know, like southern Russia, the Mongolia, this kind of general area. They would generally drink the blood of mares because the mares could handle the blood being basically drawn out of them. And, and survive to yep. survive. A little bit. Yeah, they, yeah. They, they get to get some protein. They It was hard to live where yep. they lived. Yep. And they would, every few generations, rise up and take over some places and then get kind of get beaten back or whatever. They, they may hold a city here and there and that kind of thing. What they found over time was is that their, their children, they, they may be able to, t- they can take over a city. They can lay siege to a city. They can take it. Their children couldn't rule. Because they didn't have that steel in them that their dads did. Because they weren't raised out on the steps. Right. They were raised in courts with uh, silks and, and uh, tutors and fine clothing and these sorts of things. And they just didn't weren't able to hold on. It's they, like a generations of wealth thing where the, um, you know, the, the people earn the wealth, people make the wealth worth more, then the grandchildren usually piss through it kind of deal. And we see this all the time. I mean, how many people do you know? That, uh, you know, I'm generally talking about white Americans here. How many white Americans do you know that can't tell a story about a rich grandfather or a rich great grandfather that if they'd only been in this particular line of the family, maybe they'd have had some more money or whatever. But it's always this one guy who made a bunch of money and then everybody else frittered it away. Well, I feel like that's what's happened with the country. Some people made a lot of sacrifices to build this up to be the greatest nation on earth. And then mm, not so much anymore. 855. I'll give you the number. Go to freetalklive.com. Sign up for our newsletter there. It's been Mark with you. And Jay. Uh, or telegram.freetalklive.com. You can see our show prep there. Telegram.freetalklive.com. Chronic pain, stress and anxiety, fatigue or lack of focus, dependence on opioids or opiates? John Bush here, owner of Brave Botanicals, inviting you to try a free ounce of Kratom, the controversial plant remedy the government doesn't want you to know about. Why, you ask? Well, it's big competition for big pharma. From grandmothers cutting Oxycontin to keep up with their grandkids, to young adults kicking Adderall and quitting drinking, more Americans are turning to Kratom to help them through the day. But the government won't stop us. When the credit card companies kicked Kratom to the curb, I accepted e-checks and crypto. When Facebook shut down my ad account, I did podcast interviews and advertised on Free Talk Live. And now to give a big F you to the man, I'm giving away Kratom for free. To get your free ounce of Kratom, go to freeounceofkratom.com, pay $5 shipping and handling, and I'll send you a free ounce. Visit freeounceofkratom.com to claim your free ounce today. That's freeounceofkratom.com. Bitcoin.com has launched a trading platform at local.bitcoin.com, allowing you to buy or sell Bitcoin cash via dozens of payment methods like PayPal, Venmo, bank deposit, remittances, or meeting in person with cash. There are no ID requirements to sign up for and use the site, and all communications between buyers and sellers are encrypted. Finally, a global trading platform that respects your privacy. Visit local.bitcoin.com to get started trading Bitcoin cash. Local.bitcoin.com.